Haven interviews are all about capturing people's diverse passions and special skill sets. Bob Garlick and Andrew McGivern chat with local and international specialists to find out what they do and why they do it. Hey everybody, Bob again. We're on another amazing Maven show. I've got my co-host Andrew here. Uh, we've got a repeat, let me repeat myself, a repeat guest. Uh, he was so awesome the first time we had him on, we had to get him back. So uh, before we do that, just let you know, we're not going to do a big intro for him. If you listen to the first show, we'll put a link on the show notes and you can uh, check out his first show, which was on viral videos. Amazing stuff. Andrew, tell us a little teeny tiny bit about our guest. Well, he is half stand-up comic and half performance artist, and he can bring people to their feet in standing ovations in speaking events as early as 7 a.m. Wow, 7 a.m., that's shocking. Electrifying speaker, <laughs> toddmaffin.com. Hey, Todd, sounds like he's reading your, your website. Nice copy. <laughs> I don't know who wrote that, but I'm, I'm stealing that, man. That's awesome. <laughs> That's good stuff. Uh, 7 a.m. crowds are, are well caffeinated to get that. It's not purely on my own abilities. <laughs> uh, Todd, today let's talk about uh, reputation management. I know you've been doing some lectures on that. Um, I think it's an incredibly important part of being social and being aware online for companies or for individuals. What is the secret to online management? It is so, so important, you know. I mean, the, I, I would say at least half of the work that my company does, Engage Q Digital, is in reputation management. It's in proactively trying to make sure people don't get attacked. But you are going to get attacked if you have. And by attacked, I don't mean that they're going to throw Molotov cocktails at your, at your work. <laughs> but people have negative comments, and sometimes they don't even mean to be negative. Um, you know, years ago, I don't know if we've got time to tell this story. I was attacked really harshly by the Internet. Um, Were you in an alley? I was minding my business in an alley. I got attacked by this guy called the Internet. No. Worse, I was I was in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. I used to have um, uh, many, many years ago, in fact, just at the beginning of the uh, the podcast world, um, I had one of the first podcasts in the world. In fact, I think it was the 11th podcast in the world. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was uh, me, Adam Curry, John and Drew, a couple of folks in, in uh, Ottawa. Um, it was great fun. And uh, my podcast was called the How to Do Stuff podcast. And um, basically what I was, I would interview people with interesting hobbies or interesting jobs. Um, my friend Laura is an esthetician, so she she waxed, I'm going to say leg because this is a, a family podcast. Um, <laughs> so I'm doing air quotes when I say the word leg. Um, I interviewed someone on how to take a, a perfect bath. Uh, I interviewed a pilot once on how to start a jet engine. By the way, you know how to how you start one of those things? Isn't it like a red button you press? It's a button. <laughs> I'm like, there's no key here. It's just it's a it is a button that says start. Like, you've got to be kidding me. But anyway, so I, I've had this podcast going, and it was um, uh, reasonably popular. And I did a podcast episode once called "How to Get Upgraded." on your airline without a certificate. Oh. Now, um, we're in Canada. I'm from Vancouver, Canada. So uh, we used, I was flying with Air Canada. And um, uh, and they used to issue these certificates for frequent flyers. So if you flew a lot like I did, um, you would get these little certificates and you could hand them in at the gate and they would upgrade you to business class. Um, I had discovered a loophole in their system. And I'm going to tell you how this loophole works because it doesn't work anymore. So, and you're going to think I'm horribly unethical. But in short, it only worked on flights that were really full. And you would call them ahead of time and you would say, hi, I've got an economy seat and I have an upgrade certificate and I would like to move 
to business class. So they would say, you have a certificate? Now, you didn't, so you had to lie. This is lie number one of two. And you said, uh, yeah. So, this, so here's what they would do. Is they, in their computer, they would take you out of your economy seat, and they would put you in a business class seat. This frees up your economy seat. So, guys, what do they do with the economy seat? Fill it up. They Fill sold it. it. Exactly, exactly. So now, remember, this only, works for, only worked for full flight. So now you get to the airport. And they are, they're saying, you know, and now Star Alliance Gold and Elite, Super Elite or whatever, uh, you can go. And you, even though you've got a business class seat, you stay in your seat. You stay there. And they say, now we're boarding from the back of the airplane. You stay there. And now, and last call, and you stay there. And even when they paid your name, Mr. Maffin, Todd Maffin, <laughs> last call, you still don't move. The secret to this working was you had to be the last one on the plane. Only when they were walking toward that door to the gangway, or whatever it's called, and... Because when they shut it, that's it. It's shut, it's shut. You're not getting on. So just as they head toward the door, that's when you run up. And you go, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I was late. Uh, I, and, and you give them your boarding pass. And they scan it in their computer. And the, and the computer goes, because eh, it wants your certificate. So it says, oh, do you have your upgrade certificate? Now here's line number two. You start patting your pockets down. You're like, oh, shoot. Oh, my God. What did I do? What did I do with it? And you pull open your bag and you start pulling things out of your bag and obviously you don't have it. So now they're faced with a choice, right? It's a full flight. They've sold your economy seat. There is one seat left on that plane. It's in business class. What are they going to do? Deny you boarding? No. <laughs> they just want you to get your ass on the plane and stop messing around. So they give it. So all that to say, I wrote a po I did a podcast episode about that. And for the first couple of weeks, no big deal. People loved it. I had my friends laugh and they commented. A couple of people tried it. It worked. It didn't work. Whatever. And then, about three weeks in, I started getting attacked. On the podcast episode page, within a couple of hours, I was getting dozens and dozens of these really angry comments from people saying, how dare you? I can't believe you're doing this, scamming people now. At the time, I was working for CBC. I still do as a, as a technology columnist, but I was doing a lot more with them at the time. Uh, and so people were saying, I can't believe the CBC is teaching us how to lie and steal. That was a direct <laughs> quote from one of them, by the nice. way. Nice. So there's my reputation management issue in a nutshell. That was the first one. And how I responded to it eventually formed this swarm methodology, which I'll walk you through um, uh, as well. And it was essentially it's sort of a five-step process. Um, I, I'm, I'm sort of flailing around here because I'm trying to find the actual letter I wrote. I can't find it. But anyway, um, uh, it, it ends up being sort of a five-step process. It can be as easy as five the five sentences. Um, I'll just blast through them really quick, and then if you want, like we did with the viral one the other day, we can just go through them point by point. Does that yeah, work? perfect. All right. So it's, it, you think of it like a swarm of angry bees. Swarm. S-W-A-R-M. Um, and if you want to read this whole thing, by the way, I've got it on, on our company site, engageq.com slash swarm. You can read it, the whole thing. So S is speak like a human. The um, uh, W stands for win-win. The A stands for avoid a public fight, self-explanatory. R is right the wrongs. And M is make friends. Where do you want to start? <laughs> Let's start on number one. All right. So number one, the S in swarm is speak like a human. You know, organizations, brands have got a really bad habit of speaking like, well, like organizations. You know, they're speaking these grand tones, we and us and we're, we're sorry if you, you know, and it's, remember, it's a social network, 
right, the internet these days. It's a social network. It's not a business network. So you have to speak like a human. So, you know, it, the first thing you should say if someone has a complaint about your organization or they said, you know, said something that needs an apology is say, thank you so much for letting us know about this. I'm so sorry to hear about these problems you're having. And then speak like a human from then on. Use I statements, you know. Um, there's, there's a lot of, let's say that a friend of yours, you're telling someone you work, let's say that someone says something and they're complaining about you. You wouldn't say something like this. Gee, David, this sounds like something which is very unfortunate. I trust that the matter will be resolved in an expeditious manner. Thank you for telling me the details of this experience you had. You would never say that to a friend, would you? Well, unless you were Spock. Unless you were, unless you were Spock or Data, yes. So what would we say? We'd say? You would say, oh, my God, that's terrible. I'm really sorry. How can I fix that? That's what humans say. So the first step is to speak yeah, like even, a human. Even if, and even if it's a corporation... Uh, people or consumers want to feel like an individual person has taken them on and, and is, is addressing their problem. They don't want the organization to do it. They want someone at the company to look after them. Yeah, they yeah. want one-on-one for sure. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, we at my company, we, we respond, we, we, on behalf of, we, we uh, respond on behalf of a lot of brands. We run their Facebook pages. So often, you know, it's, it's me or a member of my team member. We always sign our first name to it. Always, mm. because it's a human being. Some companies do an even better job on Twitter. You know, Fido, which is a, a cellular provider in Canada, um, they have individual Twitter accounts with the first names of the people. So instead of just getting a, a, a response back from Fido Mobile, which is their corporate account, if you complain, like I did the other day for their extraordinarily high roaming charges, um, I got a, Twitter ba- a, a tweet back from an account called Fido Eric. Oh, F-I-D-O-E-R-I-C. Nice. And there's all these. There's Fido James and Fido Sue. And so you, right away, and, it's the, and the, the avatar is the guy's face. Not even the, There's no corporate logo in sight. Nice. So it's really important to be human, speak like a human. That, will, that in itself, not speaking like a big company, that will diffuse half of it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hmm. Actually, we had one where uh, somebody uh, gave us a hard time about my nasal voice. And uh, he basically trashed me down. He's love the show except Bob sucks. Something like that. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, great, great vo- I have a whiny, nasally voice myself. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great Canadian pastime. It is. You know, some of the best radio people have bizarre voices. <laughs> Sarah Bowell oh. is a perfect example of this if they're public radio listeners. So how, did you, how did you swarm that one, Bob? Well, uh, basically, uh, I, I, it's exactly what Todd said. Hey, thank you for letting us know that I've got a nasally voice and it's people like you that make our show better. <laughs> and uh, then he came back and, and said, oh, that's, you know, that's nice. And, you know, back and forth, I invited him on the show. Why don't you come Not on the show? That, be you, great. Put up, you put up on the website. Oh, yeah. And then on the website for fun, uh, I, I did a, a, a request for $12,000 so I could get a nasal uh, operation done. So, you know, I followed through with a little bit of a viral weirdness. If we raise it a little bit of money, Bob will get nasal surgery. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we didn't raise very much money on that, unfortunately. So I still have my nasal voice. Todd, what section? What's number two? Um, it is win-win. Ah. So, um, so this is uh, people want a win of some kind. You know, they want some sort of a uh, they want something to happen. Essentially, they don't want to just have. Uh, they just don't want to complain for the sake of complaining. So um, give them something. You know, in the case of this podcast episode, I took the podcast episode down. I said, you're right. I should have thought about it more clearly. I've removed it from my site. I don't care. It's just a podcast. Who cares? But they want to feel like instead of just thank you for your concerns, I'll make sure this gets to management site. 
No. Like, are you kidding me? No. Um, you know, even if even if you're just going to put it in front of management, say specifically what you're doing. Give them a win. Thank you for your comments. I'm really sorry to hear about this. Tomorrow morning is our manager's meeting. I've added this to our agenda, and I'm going to follow up with you and tell you what happened during our meeting when we talked about this issue you had. They want, they want a win of some kind. Number three is... Um, uh, is avoid a public fight. This one's very obvious. Um, don't have this battle out in, in front of people. If Don't get into a tit for tat. The best thing you can do is to say, um, I'm really sorry to hear about this. Uh, it, you know, it, this isn't the way our company usually is, or whatever you have to say. Would you please, if you're on Twitter, would you please DM me the details? That means send me a direct message. Or if you're on Facebook, please click the message button on our Facebook page and tell me more. Or here's my email address. Please give me the details so I can follow up directly with you. This takes it out of the public channel. You don't want to get into a tit-for-tat with people in the public channel because it's just like it's a swarm, right? It's bees will smell that fear and they will pile onto it as well. So as soon as is possible, uh, ideally within your first contact or your second contact, um, say, listen, I wanted, I'm taking this seriously. I want to get more details on this so I can follow up. You know, can you please email me or even call me and let me know. But, but whatever you do, take it out of the public channel. And also uh, reward somebody, like give something away publicly, you take that off as well so that you don't encourage other people to, to uh, make fake complaints in order to get something. Is that something that, that happens? Um, rarely, you know, and that's another reason to take it offline. Uh, it, it rarely happens. Um, you, you sometimes get this with contest enterers, professional contest enterers, where they'll go, they'll click like, they'll enter the contest, and they'll click on like, and they'll click like again to enter it again, things like that. Um, but no, you know, for the most part, people aren't, uh, and, and you're going to be able to tell which people are doing that. And, you know, I mean, maybe create a little frequent flyers list for your own of people who chronically take advantage of that. You know, a lot of these these are common sense things, but in the heat of battle, when you get a bad comment, it touches you emotionally. Even if you're working for a company, somebody badmouths the company you work for, you have an emotional knee-jerk reaction. Is, is it advisable to, instead of answering right away, to step back, go have a coffee, breathe, about, breathe and think about it for a couple of minutes before responding or even longer? Absolutely. Or? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the average, there's a number of studies of how frequent or how quickly people want to hear back from a company, and you hear everything from 10 minutes to 30 minutes. Um, it, listen, ignore those. Um, it's okay to wait three or four hours. Um, not if it's, you know, not if it's, hey, I'm in your mall, it's on fire. <laughs> you know, there's some things that, are, that make more sense. Um, but no, really, I mean, you can, um, y you know, if it takes more time, if it's going to take more time than, than a couple of hours, I would say, I would go in and tell them it's going to take more time. Just, Thank you very much. I just wanted to let you know we're on this. I'm looking into it right now. I will get back to you as soon as I have more information. So respond quickly. N don't, you don't have to respond immediately. Um, but, you know, don't sort of, respond hastily with an incomplete answer. If you don't have the answer and you won't have it for a few hours or a day or two, just go in and tell them, you know, this is going to take a day for me to look into this. I will get back to you. Um, what's number, what would you have, number, number three, number four? Is that what we're doing now? Number four. Right. So we are in the R of swarm, and that is right the wrongs. Sometimes people will get something wrong. Um, 
you know, here a good example of this. Let's say someone comes, let's say you own a restaurant. Someone comes to your restaurant and says, um, "I use a wheelchair and I tried getting into your restaurant on Friday. Your elevator was packed with people who are perfectly capable of taking the stairs. Um, plus, it's out of order half of the time." So that may all be true to some extent. You know, they may in fact really have um, uh, problems getting into the restaurant. But if your elevator's not out of order half the time, it's okay to correct that. Because if you don't, that's going to stay on the record, right? It's going to stay on the Facebook page or in the blog post or on the Twitter feeds or whatever. And people will assume that if you haven't corrected it, that it is accurate. So it's okay for you to say, um, you know, listen, I'm, uh, thanks for letting me know. I'm sorry that happened to you on Friday. I've instructed our team. So let's, let's go through the SWARM right here. So S, the response for Speak Like a Human would be, thank you for letting me know about this. I'm so sorry that happened to you Friday. I always tell our clients at Engage Q to say, I'm so sorry, instead of just we're sorry or I'm sorry. For some reason, I'm so sorry just feels more genuine. I don't know why. The, the W for win-win, here's the win you give her. I've instructed our team to put a sign in the elevators telling people to use the stairs if they don't have mobility issues. So she's got a win. God, she wrote in and now there's going to be a sign. That's a win. Um, a, for the avoided public battle, the next sentence should be, please let me know directly at whatever your email address is if it's not. Um, now, here's how you write the wrong. When she said the elevator's out of order half the time, it's okay for you to say, the elevator is almost always working, though. It shouldn't be broken half the time. It's, it's, not only is it okay for you to correct the record, it's important for you to correct the record um, because that stuff lives in Google's caches forever. And then the final sentence, the final step is make friends. And uh, I would tack on something like, could I pick your brains in the future about ways we can make our restaurant easier to get into? And make friends is really easily. It's just, you know, following up afterwards. It, it, in the case of a restaurant, I mean, you might have different folders in your email. It could be as simple as this for the different issues. So um, better access for wheelchairs, you might have a folder called accessibility. Whenever someone emails you about that, respond to them, put, them, put that email in that folder or apply that label or whatever. And then a year later, go back to people in that folder and say, hey, listen, it's been a year since you emailed. Have you been back to the restaurant? How's accessibility? Um, you get a question, when are we getting gluten-free bread? Put that in a folder called gluten-free. Your patio is too noisy. Put it in a folder called outdoor. Your website is too horrid to order from. Put it in a folder called website. And, and once a year, get back to these people and say, hey, have you been back to the patio? Is it any better? Or, hey, we just added some, some gluten-free stuff. Have you come in and try it? Why don't you come in and, and use my name and we'll give you a, a sampler for free? Make friends is really important. It's the last stage of the swarm methodology. Mm. And I think when you do stuff like that, you have a very high chance of your uh, kind-heartedness going viral and, and people saying, hey, this guy's awesome. You should go check it out. This restaurant's great. It got back to me. It was been six months, and now they're doing gluten-free. That's amazing. Let's go have some gluten-free bread. Yeah. I think you get amazing ROI from doing something like that. So it's basically taking something that could be a, a horrendously tragic social media experience for your company's brand and turning it around and actually making it a positive uh, experience for somebody. That is huge, yeah. and so many companies don't get that. How how can you, you educate how how as an employee of a company that's conscious of social media and and realizes that the company is really getting uh, their brand trashed? How do you approach management? What's a good pitch? Oh the, gosh, you know management responds best to horror stories. Okay. So um, uh, go to Google and type in case study. Um, reputation management and the name of your sector, restaurants or, you know, marketing or airlines or whatever. Um, find a couple of those and just say, hey, listen, this happened to these people. 
we're not set up. We don't have anything in place to respond. We need like a, it's like a disaster plan, essentially, right? It's a mm-hmm. reputation disaster plan. Um, yeah, management loves, I mean, management will respond when you put it in their face, just what can happen. Yeah. And there's been you know some spectacular ones. There have been. My, my uh, website, casestudiesonline.com, is a good resource for that. It's completely free. There's not even any ads on it that cost me money to run. But it's just, if you go there and, and click under industry and look for your industry at casestudiesonline.com, you'll find all sorts of case studies in there. And I'm sure you'll find some where something negative happened. <laughs> <laughs> if you're lucky. If you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, do you have any um, interesting questions for Todd? No, this is actually uh, really, uh, really interesting because there's nothing worse than, than going to a Facebook page or a Twitter account and you have something to say or you're ticked off at a brand and it's a ghost town. Mm-hmm. And you say something and you get no response. And everything that Todd's saying is, is not only uh, responding to people and, and making that individual feel better, but when you go to the site, that you see that there's engagement, you see there's activity. If it's a restaurant and there's, it's a ghost town, there you wonder is there does it have any atmosphere it's just a bad like it it would almost better not to be on facebook at all if you're not going to actually be on facebook and be interacting with your with your clients yeah exactly if you're doing social media just for the sense of saying oh we have a facebook account and you're not actually using as a tool what what do you got it up there for yeah just because everybody else has one we we better be on there because uh you know there's a billion people on there we better be on there it's it's kind of a silly argument Mm. Uh, unless you're really going to be on there and, you, and, you're, and you've got a strategy behind it. Yeah, and a budget behind it too. Um, yeah. Todd, it, this goes way beyond social though. Like I've had a couple of run-ins with um, some organizations and have phoned head office and complained and, you know, oh yeah, we'll get back to you and they never get back to you. So, mm. you know, if head office can't even respond to an email, what's the chances of, of head offices using social media properly? Is it is it a thing that is uh, they're being blindsided by and they still don't get it or are they understaffed or is that um, the concept of reputation management so alien to them or so new that they haven't budgeted for that? Um, it, you know, it really all comes down to common sense and good hiring practices. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you have people on board who have good common sense. Um, you cannot train for everything. Um, we teach this form methodology in our own uh, tr- team training that we do in-house. Um, but it's not cheap. I'll be honest. You know, we're not. We don't do it for a hundred bucks. Uh, so it's it's a worthwhile investment. Um, but if you're not going to, if you don't have the budget to afford, a, you know, an, an intensive training, then just basic common sense works really well. But people will, you know, even if you can't answer your phone, you know, it's funny you should use that example. Just today, um, uh, I was trying to get a plumber in here because I I have a garburetor and I'm sometimes a little over enthusiastic as to what I can grind. <laughs> So at least will it blend? Year, I, yeah, I plug it out. Yeah, will it blend exactly? So last year when this happened, as it is an annual occurrence, um, I phoned uh, some company that had got great reviews on Yelp and left a message. They never called back. Mm-hmm. So I went on Yelp and I posted and I said I gave them a two star review and I said I don't know maybe the, these guys are great but they never I called and left two messages and I waited for a day and a half and they never called me back so meh. And he to their to their credit this guy responded and said I'm really sorry. I take responsibility for that. We were having problems with our voicemail. And so I went and I adjusted my rating because, just because that guy did a good, good job in responding. Now, fast forward to today, I emailed the guy, decided, okay, well, I plug my thing up again. Um, I, uh, um, uh, I, so I, I call him and, or I email him and talk to him. And he's going to you know, come over earlier this afternoon. And he doesn't show up. And <laughs> 4 o'clock comes, 5 o'clock comes, he doesn't show up. And, 
And I get just now, while we've been on the podcast, um, an email from him. This just this has just happened while we've been talking. An email from him. Um, in fact, let me just read it really quickly. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but it's basically, why weren't you there? Um, I was on time for our appointment this afternoon. I tried buzzing. Um, I'm sorry you didn't. This is the this is the plumber, right? I'm sorry you didn't feel our time was important enough to call or email us of your schedule change. It would have been a nice gesture. Well, look, dude, my I don't know what happened. I was here. Sometimes the buzzer doesn't work, but his common sense filter is not working right, right? I mean, mm. the the proper response to that is like, hey, what happened? I was here. You know, maybe you got something fixed. Not to kind of lash out and and blame someone. So there's some people who just naturally get it. And some people who need some help, for those people I recommend the training, for people who naturally get it, hire people like those. Yeah. Well, it's like anything. When you're hiring, you hire for um, attitude, energy, and then the training, you can teach them that the, the actual stuff that they need to know about the company. So if they got the right attitude, they got lots of energy, they're going to be awesome to deal with for sure. Yeah, they can learn how to do the job, but they can learn how to be a, a nice person. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Uh, Todd, for people that are interested in, in um, improving their, their customer service or their reputation management, is it something that um, you give to a junior in the company or is it a, a, like a middle management or, or sh- if it's a small company, should the owner be handling it? It should be anyone who has direct frontline contact with the public. So the sales department then? Everybody. If your CEO goes out on on uh, financial roadshow tours, like often they do for public companies, mm. um, and he's in in touch with the public, he needs to be in there or she. Um, if it's sales team, absolutely. The receptionist needs to be there. Your marketing, any single person who is going to touch uh, in some way, come in contact with stakeholders that are important to you, whether they are shareholders, whether they are customers, whether they're leads, anyone who has the potential to communicate on behalf of your company needs this kind of common sense or training if they lack the common sense so that's a lot of people i mean it's not like um oh we have we we, i have company x you my receptionist you're going to be now handling our our reputation management Uh, i'm going to take you on a course and that's it and then everybody else go back to work it should be something that many people are aware of yeah yeah for sure Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the places where there's some interesting reputation management people that get it and don't get it are in some of those big box um, hardware stores. And you go in there and there's people that don't know where anything is. They're clued out, they're frustrated, and they're just not nice people to chat with. And there's other people that are so happy to be there. They're in their environment. They love uh, working with tools. That, you know, they're probably a handyman person. And they're all about, it's like, oh, you actually... I know what you want to do, but you don't want this product. You want this product because I was using it the other day and it works so much better. I mean, that is awesome customer service, but that's also reputation management at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Mm. Guys, we're, uh, we're coming to the end of the show. Uh, Andrew, do you have one last question for Todd? No, I think, uh, I think it's, it comes back to what you're saying and, and what Todd said in terms of it comes right down to the hiring process because sometimes... <clears throat> People just might be not in the right fit for the the role that they're in, mm. and you know I see it all the time in in um, when I was in the telecom business in retail for years. Uh, some people just aren't people that should be on the front line. Mm. Uh, they could be in the back doing administration work and be happier happier back there without having to be dealing with clients. And uh, and other people are the opposite. They're they're just better suited to be 
helping clients. So I think uh, that's something to take a look at. And um, in terms of training people to to uh, to handle social media better, I think I totally agree. Everybody should be everybody should be involved. Mm. Todd, thank you very much for coming on the show again. It was awesome as usual. Just a wealth of uh, knowledge and so easy an interview just ask you a question boom you're gone it's 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 a pleasure <laughs> we'll have to try and get you on again now um is there anything you've got planned I, I know you've got a book that you're working on are you gonna give us a sneak peek of the title i can't i wish i could um uh, i will say this that it is uh, related to what we've been talking about uh, but sort of a broader topic but as you know yourself bob the book market is uh, highly competitive especially in this space so i got to keep it under wraps until uh, until we come out with it Absolutely. I, I totally agree. Um, any chance of uh, when it's going to be coming out later this we're year? Aiming, yeah, we, you know, we're, as we're speaking right now, it's July in 2013, where my co-author and I are meeting in a month uh, in Winnipeg randomly, to because uh, he's in Ottawa, I'm in Vancouver, so we're going to meet dead center um, and do a, a week of writing there. And we're aiming for a draft to our publisher mid-September. I have no idea how publishers... Um, with this kind of topic, uh, it's a very, it's going to be a fairly meaty book, so I don't know what their schedule is going to be like. Mm. Um, there will be Kindle editions and things like that, but I'm, I think they would come out at about the same time. So um, I, I, I'm hopeful for for the new year of 2014. But you never know. I really don't know how that business works. I just write <laughs> the stuff, they push it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Hey, so everybody out there in Mavenland, thank you for joining in on the show. Love to have your comments. Thanks again, and um, stay tuned next week. Well, actually, this, this is coming out every two weeks because we've got the Bunker Show, and then we'll do the Bunker Show one week, and then we're going to have the uh, the Maven interviews as a, a coming out on a Wednesday uh, to replace one of the Bunker Shows and then back to Bunker Show. So every two weeks, we'll be coming out with a new show. So stay tuned and uh, look forward to your comments. We hope you enjoyed the show, and I'm sure you will love our next guest, but until then, visit the website at maveninterviews.com for more information and links to iTunes, Twitter, and other social media platforms. If you would like to leave a message, please call 1-877-636-1474. You never know, it might be you featured on the show.